to to Israel, and Millie's been working on details and others, and uh, we just really felt as a congregation to send them. And you could be part of that blessing, too. We'll let you know how to be part of that blessing, too. But um, they'll be leaving October 10th, and they'll be there for the Feast of um, Sukkot. So that'll be awesome. But the only, the only thing is, is that you, you got to come back. You got to come back. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right. But just keep Mary and Tom in prayer, and we just love these guys. We've, they're some of the first friends that we made when we moved here 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now from, from Israel, and we got to know Tom and Mary, love them, and just love their hearts, salt of the earth kind of people. They really are. And we know that God is faithful, and um, you've been faithful to him, and he's going to be faithful to you. And amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, I'm ready to preach. Are you ready to hear? Lord, I just pray for an anointing on me, anointing on your word. As we share this morning, Lord, that your word will go deep into our hearts, deep, deep into our hearts. We bless you and we give you all praise and glory and honor in Yeshua's name. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Before I before I go there, I just I just I read something yesterday and I'd heard it before, actually heard it several times before, but it's a quote by Corey Ten Boom. If you know anything about the life of Auntie Corey, Corey Ten Boom. Just an incredible woman of faith, a woman of love, survived a concentration camp and all the horrors that go along with that and just became just a, a vessel of love and just an incredible evangelist for the Lord and just a um, powerful, powerful woman, oh God, lived into, into the 80s, into her 80s and, and um, just imparted so much. But she said this, if you focus on the things of the world, it will lead to distress. If you focus on yourself, it will lead to being depressed. But if you focus on Yeshua, it will lead to being at rest. And I love that. And we have an opportunity to make choices. We can focus on the things going on around us. It's distress. We can look inward and look at all of our for faults and, and warts and just become depressed where we can focus our eyes upon Yeshua where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And guess what? We are seated with him. We are seated with him in heavenly places. And we can be at rest. But it's a choice we need to make. Amen? Amen. Well, today I want to be talking about, and we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be building on, we talked about faith and realms of faith. And today I want to talk about the anointing because there's been a lot of misunderstanding of what the anointing is. And we're going to start, just going to give an overview today of that. So let's start in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. 
excuse me, verse 14. Yeshua returned in the power of the Ruach to the Galilee, and news about him went out throughout all the surrounding region. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone was praising him. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised. As was his custom, he went into the synagogue on Shabbat, and he got up to read. When the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, this is interesting, Judith, that you had the scroll of Isaiah. When the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Ruach Adonai is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. Hallelujah. Powerful. Powerful. Some would say this is the beginning of his ministry starting in his hometown. Just a little bit of a review, and then we're going to be talking about the realms of anointing. But we're talking about faith, and faith works through hearing. We hear. We hear the word of God, and it builds up our faith. Faith works through seeing. It's hard to take hold of something you can't see. And God wants us to see the things. And we even shared about David had a prophecy where he saw the Lord being crucified hundreds of years before it took place. He actually saw that taking place. Psalm 22. Faith is also the realm of speaking, speaking words of faith, surrounding yourself in an environment, an atmosphere where people are speaking faith. Have you ever been in an environment and just the opposite where just people are talking negative, talking trash, talking this, talking that, talking critical, talking judgment? How do you feel? Do you feel really pumped up afterwards? No. So God wants us to be in a place where faith is spoken. Now, I believe Or Chaim is a place where we speak faith. Amen? We also talked about faith requires action. It's not just something you just sit there and it just happens. Faith requires our willingness to respond, our willingness to say, Hineni, I'm here, I'm available. And when we say Hineni, God says, Hineni, I am with you, I am with you. Faith is a place to receive. Faith is also a place to refuse. We can receive the blessings Faith, we receive blessings, but also by faith, we refuse the curses. We have the ability to say no to those curses. If you see patterns in your family life, if you see patterns in your own life, and you start doing a little checkup on your family background, you know, you might see a generation or a familial curse. We have the power to receive faith to break those curses, and I've seen that happen. Amen? Faith realm works by love. We shared 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. It says, Paul says, If I speak with the, the tongues of men and angels, but have, have not love, I've become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And verse 13 says, But now these three remain, faith, hope, love. Faith operates through the realm of love, and the greatest of these is love, it says. So today I want to talk about, give kind of a general, general overview of the realms of anointing, what it is, 
how do we walk in the anointing? And as we read those scriptures in Luke chapter 4, Yeshua walked in an anointing. It came upon him. It said the Ruach Adonai came upon him. And what was that anointing? How did it affect him? He was able to proclaim the good news. In that anointing, he released the captives to set them free. He released healing, recovery of sight to those who are blind, not just physically, but also spiritually. And that anointing was to set free the oppressed and also to, to declare the year of God's favor, that God's favor is upon you. There's an anointing that came on Yeshua to do all those things. And that same anointing that came on Yeshua comes on us. We're going to talk about how that works. It's a divine enablement. So we're going from the faith, and it's not like, okay, we're done with faith, we're moving to the anointing. No, no, they work in conjunction with each other. They build upon each other. By faith, we activate the anointing. The divine enablement, the anointing is the divine enablement to accomplish his supernatural purposes here on earth. So we're moving from just faith operating to see my needs being met to now we're responding to God's eternal purposes. That anointing is for seeing. When Yeshua said his anointing is upon me to proclaim good news, he's talking about going into the nations to bring freedom, to bring healing, to bring God's favor. It's talking about beyond him, but to other people. So anointing or anoint defined according to um, Strong's. It's to dedicate to service of God, to make sacred, to make sacred. And I love this quote. I read this. I don't know who said it, but I love it. It says, to favor the faith... The anointing is the favor to go, the grace to do, the power to be, and the strength to continue. So anointing is an ongoing thing. It's not just about going, but about being. It's about continuing in the strength of the Lord. The anointing allows us to do the things that we cannot do in our own strength. The symbol of the anointing is oil. We have the oil, the oil up here. This is why when, when we pray for somebody, we anoint somebody, or we lay hands on somebody, oftentimes we'll anoint them with oil. Now, is there anything magic about this oil? No. But there is a biblical um, basis for the anointing of the oil. What is oil? What is that oil? What is, what is it? What is the oil that we're using? Anybody? Just what are some characteristics for that oil? Hmm? Olive oil. What's the interesting thing about olive oil? How do you get olive oil? What do you got to do first with the olive? Got to crush it. Okay. So, so the oil is, um, it's, it's thick. It's, it's got a fragrance to it. And it also has its own healing properties. It's not what heals my body, but there are healing. If you put a, sometimes you put an oil over you, you get sunburned, you put some oil over, some aloe, 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 hello, how are you? <laughs> you put aloe on you, it brings soothing, it brings healing to your body. So that's, there's a, incredible uh, attributes of the oil. And like I said, it's, it's oil, is, it's crushed. 
And if you've ever been to Israel, and you'll see this, you'll see um, these, these uh, replicas, and you'll see actual, um, all of them, um, what do you call those mills where they, olive press, yeah, olive press. But there's a power of anointing, there's an, a power of an anointing that is not just an intellectual exercise. See, like I, I mentioned several weeks ago, we in the West, we kind of live based on intellectual things. We have our theories, we have our doctrines, we have our theologies, and they're good. They're right from the scriptures. But if it just stays there, it's really nothing. It's just, oh, we have a lot of good information. A lot of people have good information, but the anointing helps us to, it's, it's, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, it says, For the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, but of power. Now, I'm sure the apostle Paul, Shaul, he was able to reason, to debate, to discuss with anybody. Man, this guy had a quick mind, and he would sit, and he would debate with the religious, the Pharisees, and the other rabbis. But man, he moved in power, too. He moved in miracles. So it's not just words, but it's power that comes upon the person when that anointing is there. Now, the anointing works when we're willing to let go of our natural power of control. You see, I kind of want to control my world. I don't know about you, Larry, but I like to control my world. I'm not, I don't see myself as a control freak, but I do like to have a sense of I'm, 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 I'm kind of in control here, okay? And... But when we are willing to let go of our control and cooperate with the Holy Spirit, things happen. Things happen. So what does my power look like? You know, when, I, when I'm walking in my power, it's, it's here's how I kind of looked at it and how I kind of saw things for so many years. If I do enough, whether it be prayer, whether it be Bible study or investing in money or, or if I give enough or if I bind and loose enough, or if I speak loud enough, or if I do enough of this, then God's going to step in and do this, 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 and this. Well, that's how I saw it for so many times. And there's nothing wrong with praying. There's nothing wrong with studying the scriptures. There's nothing wrong with those things at all. But if we think, well, I'll do my part, and then God's going to step in and do his part, we miss it. We're missing it. We're still operating in our own strength. In other words, when I live that way, it's up to me. It's up to me to do, and then God's going to act. But what we're talking about in, this, in the anointing is walking in submission to the Holy Spirit, walking in surrender to the Holy Spirit, walking in humility. And this is an aspect that a lot of people are missing, especially in today with the anointing, and we see great things in the anointing, but a lot of times, if, if we don't handle the anointing properly, it can lead to pride on my part, walking in pride. And we're seeing that being exposed right now in the body of Messiah. See, the anointing allows the gifts to function through me. A lot of people think the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for me. Wow, I got more. How many gifts do you got? How many gifts do you I got this gift, this gift, this gift, this gift. It's about me. I receive these gifts. But the gifts are for what? To give away. To give away. And see, that's where the anointing comes in is when we, we're given a gift by God and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But it's to give away. And when we give that gift away, the anointing comes upon us and then things happen. Incredible things happen. The gifts are not for me to keep but to give away. Perfect picture of the anointing is, is to look at um, the story of Saul. 
um, the first king of Israel, when he was just first anointed. Here's the, here's the context. Saul was a young man. He was just anointed king by Samuel. And um, there's a situation in the family. His father's donkeys get lost, and he's sent out to find the donkeys. Now, I get the feeling that not too many people expect a whole lot of things from Saul. Now, he's a big, tall, handsome, strapping guy. He's really a good-looking guy, but he's not really... Um, there's some issues in his life. I, I picked that up, okay? But he's sent out to, to uh, find the donkeys, that is, that his father's donkeys that were lost. And so he comes upon Samuel, and Samuel tells him exactly where to go and who he will meet, okay? So let's go on 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. 1 Samuel 10, 6, it says, The Ruach of Adonai, the Spirit of, of God, will seize you, and you will prophesy with them because he's going to come upon these men who are prophesying. And Saul comes upon them, and then Samuel says, that you will prophesy with them, and you will turn into another man. Incredible. Now, when these signs happen to you, do for yourselves what the occasion requires, for God is with you. So this happens just like Samuel said it was going to happen. He sees these men prophesying. He starts prophesying. Everybody goes, wow, Saul is prophesying. God was with him. See, when the anointing comes, things change. And in this case, his personality changed. Behavior changed. Our abilities change. Gifts change when that anointing comes. As we surrender to it, the anointing is magnified. What do I mean by magnified? Made bigger. When, the, when we submit to it in humility, the anointing is magnified, made bigger, made greater. In John chapter 1, verse 16, talking about Yeshua, it says, Out of his fullness, we have all received grace on top of grace. When we submit to his grace, guess what happens? We get more grace. When we submit to that, guess what happens? We get more grace. But it's not you, it's him within you. And see, that's my definition of grace, is the indwelling presence of God to be and to do all that he has called, called us to, to be and to do. That's what grace is all about. So we read about the anointing in the Tanakh all through the Old Testament, and there's three dimensions of anointing. I'm just going to go through them really quickly. Um, there's the anointing of the priests, the anointings of prophets, and the anointings of the kings. So let me look through, go through some scriptures real quick, just to lay a biblical foundation here. In Exodus 28, verse 41, Moses says to put them, in other words, to put these tunics and sash, sashes and headwear on Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with him, and anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them so that they may minister to me as Kohanim. So there's the anointing as priests. Chapter 30, verse 30 says, You are to anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so that they may minister to me as priests, Kohanim. And then there's the anointing over the prophets. We see in 1 Kings 19, 16, Elijah, he says, to, God says to Elijah, Go anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of, of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, as prophet in your place. So here, Elisha the prophet 
Elijah, the prophet, is called to anoint his successor, Elisha, to be prophet over Israel. And then also we see that there's an anointing that comes with the anointing of kings. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we're talking about David. I'm going to look at a couple of verses here, verses 1, 3, and 13. Now Adonai said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Saul blew it as a king. We can talk about, I can talk for hours on what happened there. There was an anointing, God anointed him, and yet he blew it. God said, how long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected for myself a king among us. Verse 3, then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will let you know what you are to do. You will anoint for me whom I tell you. Verse 13, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, David. From that day on, Ruach Adonai came mightily upon David. We see in all of these examples the anointing of the priests, the anointing of the prophets, the anointing of the kings. There's an anointing that took place. A physical, like last week we anointed, we brought on and we laid hands on Kent to be Shamash, a deacon. And you might think, well, then, you know, it's just kind of a religious ceremony. But it's actually more than that. It's a biblical imperative to do that, to lay hands on him. We anointed him with oil. And when the anointing, it prepares them to take up their position and to do their job. Is it something magic in the oil? No, but it's God saying, I want you to do it in this way. Take the oil and do this. Now, now back in the old day, when they would anoint the priests and when they would anoint the, the prophets and the kings and they would pour that oil, we, we just, we just kind of like do this. We do this, you know, and this. You know, sometimes uh, you go to a church and they'll put the cross on your forehead. Anybody ever had that? Okay, we anoint them, and that's fine, and that's wonderful. But back in that day, man, they would take that horn of oil, and they would pour it over the person. And that person, everybody knew, was anointed because they smelled anointed. Okay, so there was something symbolic, but there was something tangible and real about that anointing that came on that, and everybody knew he's been set apart. He has been set apart to be a prophet, to be a king, to be a priest. See, the mantle is activated over their lives and they become effective to do what God's called them to do. That's what the anointing is all about. There's three anointings. These three anointings, the priests, the prophets, and the kings, I believe that they're, they're released today in part through the fivefold calling. In Ephesians 4.11, it says, He himself gave some to be emissaries, we're apostles, apostles, some as prophets, some as proclaimers of good news, and some as shepherds and teachers, to equip the Kedoshim for the work of service, for building up the body of Messiah. So there's an anointing that comes upon those offices, that fivefold. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you, speaking to all the believers in Yeshua, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, there's that anointing as a priest, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I believe that the anointing rests on us today through the fivefold calling, just through the calling as us as God's people. Now today, the anointing brings a grace to carry out the specific will of God for our lives. 
But let me throw this question out. Can the anointing be abused? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And actually, we're seeing it today. I'm not going to get into all the details. I talked a little bit about it last week, but we see it in 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 ministers people of God, people who are leading churches, ministries, who have, who've been given, who've received an anointing, and a powerful anointing. And I believe it's, it's a genuine anointing from God. But when they don't walk in humility, and, and there's different realms. We're going to talk about this in the next few weeks. There's the coming upon, and then there's the marinating it, and then there's the being rubbed in that anointing being rubbed in. And when that anointing comes on you and and you're not walking in humility or you're not walking in surrender, you use the gift for personal gratification, it causes harm to the body of Messiah. And that's what we're seeing today. So I believe when, when that anointing comes on us and we say, thank you, Lord, we give it back to him and let him use us in that area of the anointing. It's not my anointing. It's his anointing on me. Does that make sense? See, but when that happens, when that anointing is abused, and this is what we're seeing today, is that it brings ridicule to the body of Messiah, brings shame, and lives are being destroyed because of the abuse of the anointing. And we see plenty of examples in the scriptures. Saul, I mentioned. And, you know, one of the things about, you know, we even talk about we'll not bow down to the gods of man. He went after witchcraft. He went after the, you know, the, he would rather receive the praises of men than of God. And that anointing left him. And we see also the picture of Samson. Samson had an anointing on him. If you read the scriptures in, in Judges, it says that his anointing was to begin the uh, deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. And he did begin that, but there was so much more that I believe that he blew it in so many ways, Samson. We'll talk about that later, another time. But we all have an anointing. Ask the Lord what that anointing is for your life. It could be as a student, a spouse, a husband or a wife, business person, a student. It could be as a, you know, it's not just dealing with ministry in a spiritual setting. We all have a calling in our lives, and there's an anointing that comes along with that. It may be to being a town manager, Kent. You've got an anointing. I know that, okay? God has anointed you in that area. And, and whatever area God's called you to be in, there's an anointing that comes with that so that we're affecting every sphere of society. And under that anointing, we grow in grace. We learn to move independent of our own performance. We're relying upon the Holy Spirit in us. We, re- we, we move independent of our own control. So... Worship team, come on up. I'm getting ready to close here. There's distinct expressions of the anointing. We look at the scriptures. There's the outpouring of the anointing. There's the smearing over, and I love this, that term. And we're going to talk about that next week, what that smearing over means. And then there's the rubbing in, the marinating in the anointing. So there's three levels of the anointing that we're going to look at. But I just want to touch today, as we close, on the area of the, uh, the outpouring of the anointing. We see in Joel chapter 3, verse 1. Now, I don't know if you... Um, okay, this is going to be the... This is an, I'm reading out of the Messianic 
or the uh, tree of life. And, and so it's a different, different passages. It's, it's, I think it's in, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's either two or four, I'm sure, but it's different. But these are the words in Joel chapter three, verse one, it says, I will pour out my Ruach, the outpouring, on all flesh, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Also on the male and female servants will I pour out my spirit in these days. And so God is saying through Joel that there's going to be a day when my spirit is going to be poured out, anointed upon all flesh, all flesh. And then we see that take place in Acts chapter 2. In verse 2, it says, Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind that Word for wind is ruach, ruach. That's the spirit. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and tongues like fire spread out, appear, spreading out, appeared to them and settled on each of them. So the outpouring came in Acts chapter 2, Shavuot. We see that. And the outpouring now rested upon them. And so what did they do? What did they do when that outpouring came is they stepped out, they engaged their faith because they wanted to see breakthrough. They wanted to see breakout, and they, they obeyed the voice of the Lord. So the Spirit came upon them. They opened their mouth, and they spoke with other tongues. You had to take an action, so they opened their mouth and spoke with other tongues. Peter stood up in the midst of them. Now, what did Peter do just a few days earlier, a few weeks earlier? Denied the Lord. You know, he's probably dealing with all this, oh, embarrassment. And you know what? I did this. I, re I denied the Lord and all this. And now he is obeying, obeying with the Holy Spirit coming upon him. He gets up and he speaks and he preaches to 3,000 people. See, that's the anointing coming upon Peter. That's the anointing coming upon Peter to speak. 3,000 people get saved. So... As we close, and I'm just, like I said, this is just the introduction. We're going to get more into the specifics on how this works, and we're going to re be talking about the smearing over of the anointing and the rubbing in of the anointing. When I think of smearing over, the same word that they use in Hebrew for smearing over the anointing is the same word, you sm the same word they use when they smear the, the pita in the hummus. They smear it. Mm, you see, you'll see. You'll see. And then the rubbing in, that goes into the deep. You ever marinated a piece of meat and you let it sit for hours and, and that seeps in? We're going to be talking about that. That's another level of anointing. But the coming on, the coming, the outpouring is what I'm just talking about today. So what I want us to stand and, and, and this is what I want us to do, especially in this month of Elul as we're saying, God, Search my heart. Lord, get rid of any leaven. Get rid of anything that's not from you, Lord. Get rid of attitudes. Get rid of things that, I, that are just not of you. And this is also a time to seek the anointing. Seek the anointing from God. Seek the deeper levels of anointing. Yes, that it would come upon us. And yes, that we would speak in tongues and we would operate in the gifts, but that it would go deeper, deeper, deeper into our lives where it's smeared all over us and where it's rubbed into our inner core. Seek the anointing. When we seek the anointing, God will speak. God will speak. And when he speaks, take it seriously. Obey his instructions. Whatever he says, and God is going to do miracles. God is going to heal people. 
God is going to use you to speak words of life to other people. It's about surrendering and listening, even if it's like embarrassing a little bit. Well, you mean you want me to go and talk to that person? You want me to go and pray for that person? Just obey what the Lord says. Just obey what the Lord says. When the anointing comes, God gives you instructions. And you see God do, do say, thank you, Lord. And see, that's a key for the anointing and receiving and walking in the anointing. It's to thank him. It's not you. It's him coming upon you. It's this ruach. It's the ruach Elohim coming upon us to do these things. Give him thanks in everything we do. And then wait for the next thing to happen, the next door to open. That's what it's all about. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for each and every one of us during this month, Lord God. Father, I speak anointing. We, Lord, we thank you, Father, as the anointing was on Yeshua. And, Father, as, as you said in the last days, you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters would prophesy, old men would dream dreams. And, and Lord, all of that, dreams and vi visions. And Father, I pray, Lord, as we seek the anointing, you will speak to us, Lord God, with dreams and visions, Lord God. And Father, we would obey what you say, but in all things would give you praise and glory and honor. Because, Lord, we don't want to walk in that praise ourselves. All praise and all glory goes to you, Yeshua. So we honor you. We honor you in this place. We honor you in these temples, Lord, because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I pray that your oil, divine, your heavenly oil, would come upon all of us, Lord God. Bring us more. Bring us deeper into who you are. Bring us deeper into, Lord, and let your word, Lord God, let your word just really go deep into our hearts during this season. In Yeshua's name, let's worship Him in these last minutes. Let's just worship Him.
That's our prayer is that the Spirit would break out in this place, on this mountain, in this city, in this state. We need it, don't we? You know, and just that the anointing would come, flow like oil upon us, and that fragrance that we would have, we would smell that like that anointing. Do you know that when the oil was poured out at the temple in Jerusalem, and this is this is from eyewitnesses' accounts of the days back in the first and the second temple, whether the anointing was being poured out on the priests or on the items within the um, the tabernacle itself or in the temple, that the smell of that oil could be smelled all the way in Jericho, which was 16 miles away. So there's something about that anointing that we carry. Second Corinthians, or is it First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 talks about, you know, we're that aroma of God, sweet to his nostrils. We carry that anointing. And I think if we realized that anointing we'd be carrying, we'd be operating in that more. We'd be operating in that more. Amen? We'll speak a blessing over the congregation and then remind you all that. Is Dwayne coming? Is Dwayne here yet? Oh, he's downstairs? Okay. Right. For those of you who are um, on the security team or who are interested in, in, in the security aspect of things, Dwayne's going to be down there at lunch, so grab your food and, and let's meet with uh, Dwayne. Let's speak a blessing over the congregation. Adonai v'yishmarecha Yair ha'nai you and keep you. Lord, we make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his peace, his grace, his mercy, his blessings, his presence, his anointing upon you. Shem Yeshua Mashiach. It's our shel shalom. Yeshua who is our Prince of Peace. Amen. God bless you. It's a good day up here in the mountain. Just want to encourage you to have a great week. Shavua Tov. Ladies, dance over here for the retreat. Security guys, if we can get our lunch and go downstairs and, and meet with Duane and just hang out with some fellowship, some food.
And uh, also, if there's anybody here who needs prayer, prayer, Millie and I are willing to be here for prayer. Elders be here for prayer. We just want to pray for you. God bless you. Millie. Really?